listening and thank us really uh, for giving you very valuable information the ESPC NFL podcast network and I always say that the purpose of the podcast is to make me money I say that because you're getting so many lies so many disingenuous information in the Apple star saying hey the Colts are lying about injuries well we're going to give you right what we got as far as being as candid and as real, as raw as possible, not for any philanthropic philanthropic reason, but for a business reason. So you can trust us on some level and give us information because sports bearing is a collaborative effort, right? We keep it real up in here. <laughs> like we used to say back in the day. Now, every single business, every podcast is a business meeting. Every single business meeting has to have a purpose and an outcome, not to waste anybody's time. This is the highest, best use of your time to monetize it while you're watching sports. So what has been the outcome? So this year, we had $1,000 each game on the NFL. We're at about $18,000. If you throw in college, we're about $34,000. That is the outcome. Last two years, NFL, 65%, uh, 10,000% ROI, means you have 10 times more money than when you started with using the concepts. And, and, you know, who the hell are these people? And why the heck should we listen to them? I have an MBA. I have clients that worth 20 million, 50 million, and I use business and financial concepts. So not only are you getting a fish picture this week, so you make money, you also learn business and finance terms you can use, right? Boil it down for you. So you understand the world a little bit better and you can invest uh, in your 401k better. See how you're getting scammed there. And you know how to evaluate business investments, how to make a good decision. I used to ask my mom, what should I do, mom? Mom just say, why don't you pray on it? I'm like, there has to be a better answer than that. You're just praying. And it's decision science. It's used by the top 10% of companies. Fortune 500 companies use this method, right? Decision science. But we also use finance. We also use statistics. That's why we get such a high percentage. Now, Another business, Max, and it's the truth, close to 100% of the time. If you are the smartest, toughest person in the room, you are in the wrong room. We've got two guys here who are a lot smarter, a lot tougher than I am, 
They're helping me keep. This is crazy. I uh, last year was the first year from beginning to end that every single week I made profit. Usually there was a bad week in there. Last year, all from beginning to end, and even the year before, it was only one. So we're really talking two weeks, right? Because every year is different. Two weeks this week, we've gotten profit. So really you're talking um, 19 plus 16, right? And one, <laughs> a profitable weeks. It cannot be taken lightly in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of inflation, in this crazy world we live in. So we got Scott from the Northeast. We got uh, a professional football player, right? The Knights of Las Vegas Arena League football team. Same owner of the Golden Knights, man. We got a professional football player. He paid college football. His brother's a starting quarterback for Power Five. Uh, Oregon State going into Coliseum this week <laughs> to, to, against the USC Trojans who are in flux. Big opportunity there. But what we do is we give you the best content out there because this content is putting money in your pocket and showing you how to do it from a business perspective that is sustainable, right? And scalable, right? So Scott, what are your first thoughts tonight? Um, hopefully we can uh, do a little bit better. I know we profited last week, but hopefully we can do a little bit better. I know there's a ton of injuries this week to keep our eyes on. So, um, but I'm ready. I'm ready to jump back in again and uh, make some more money. So, yeah, no, we had a great podcast last night. Chad and I really confronting our feelings. Right, my wife's a psychotherapist. Right, guys don't like you to do it because it's humiliating. But if you don't do it, you make a mistake like the guy did in Wyoming pushing his girlfriend off the cliff, right? We want to avoid that. But at the same time, we want to learn from our mistake, confront our feelings and keep it real on the games we got wrong. So we do not duplicate it exactly. again, right? And that's really, that's the way, one of the ways you make the most money on sports day, Absolutely. not knowing who the better teams are, but using math and confronting yourself when you are wrong. Hey, I mm -hmm. was wrong and feel that. Because guys are supposed to know everything. Uh, Daddy knows best, right? We're supposed to know everything. So uh, when you don't, what, what do you do? You try to front, right? We, that's why I'm talking about disingenuous information out there. Yep. There's a lot of good entertainment, but there's not functional information they're giving you so you can monetize every Sunday because the betting market is the same. And it's getting the more as, as a stock market. Yep. You know, and I'm a stock picker. Right? I get paid for that. Right. Chad, what are your first thoughts tonight? Yeah, I mean, uh, the Hawthorne effect last night was awesome. I'm, I'm ready to kind of uh, I think this week's going to be a big week to just kind of correct my thinking and and uh, the stuff, the same mistakes, you know, I made not make them twice. And uh, I, I, I was on the slightly not in the profit. I was like 49 percent, uh, just one or two games away from being over that 52 and a half. Very close. I think I just about two picks I varied. I, I was different on you guys that I, I didn't get. So um, that was my first time uh, even being, you know, being below the, the 52 and a half in, in, in a while. So but, with college, you know, you've been profitable for the week. Yeah, I ha college I've had been profitable every week in college. I haven't had a negative week in college. Three for three in college and, uh, you know, I guess one and one NFL now. So, out so of those, overall you made money though. 
out of yeah, the weekend. You had more money at, at the end of the weekend yes. than you had at the weekend. Stop. I'm still up about <laughs> 10 units, 10 units on the season. Uh, so I got got good profit to work with. My bankroll is still looking good. Uh, yeah. This week's going to be a another big week for me. And right. No, and the only reason I was thinking about it, the only reason I had profit was because really technical math. An insight I had, right? Because studying for the test, you, you buy 10 or more stocks in a sector. So you buy arbitrage, the real meaning of arbitrage. Because I notice now it's so valuable. They're gaslighting and they're lying on many levels of what the word arbitrage means. Specifically for us, sports betting is I bet every game on the board, the over and the under, because I know how to look at market inefficiencies. I know how to look at charts and see trending lines and see whether there's an inefficiency. And people have made a lot of money using market inefficiencies, right? To make money, fundamental analysis has made a lot of people rich. Technical analysis has not made anybody rich, but people selling technical analysis like uh, Tepper, the owner of the Carolina Panthers that we'll talk about in a second, uh, and the Nigerian brothers, right, on CNBC, they've made money selling technical lots. Now, I know how to do it because one of the deals that made the most money, they're like, Josh, we appreciate your, your education. We appreciate the high clients you have. We appreciate your intelligence. But shut the F up and uh, do your technical analysis or else we're going to get somebody else. So why? You want technical analysis? I just talk, try to talk to you out of it, but you're going to be paying me for doing it. So I know how to do technical analysis. And from a technical standpoint, because of the inefficiencies, bending all the boards on the unders, right, got me profit. And also listening to these guys, when they were talking, talking me out of the Saints game, and then Dallas betting the money line on Dallas. So I'm usually not a money line guy, but when these guys talk money line, I went ahead and did it. Boom. That's the reason I got profit. But uh, fortunately, unfortunately, my dad was like Tom Coughlin, you know, you're 15 minutes early, you're, you're late or whatever. Uh, if I had a glass at the edge of the table, my dad would be like smacking him back of the head. Why did you spill that, man? You know, why did you spill that, that milk? And I'm like, dad, the milk was spilled. Yeah, but it's at the edge of the table. You almost spilled. It was almost like you spilled. So almost not making profit is like not making profit. So that's why Hawthorne Effect was so important, but we're not going to leave Scott out of it. Scott, what was the game last week that kind of sticks out that you got wrong, but that you should have gotten right thinking about it? Um, I'll go back to Washington again. I mean, uh, division, division opponent. Um, you know, I've been on Washington, thought Washington would have a better start, uh, backup quarterback and, um, stuff like that. Um, you know, all the trends were going to the Giants in that game. And I went with Washington, and I probably should have listened to the trends or, or watched the trends. So um, right. that, ga that game right there, and that was the Thursday night game. That was the beginning one. That right. that kind of, you know, didn't didn't bode well in my mind for the week because um, I actually thought Washington would win by at least a touchdown, maybe more, and they right. didn't. So that's the game. And I thought it would go under, and it went totally over. So surprised me completely. Right. So that's right. the game right there that I thought would would, uh, would go a different way. Yeah, and I talked about that last night. That would save me on that game 
was uh, my family members who uh, owe me money. Uh, I'm not going to collect from them, but uh, uh, I knew that they were that type of team, right? They're, they're, they were that type of team. So uh, they, you can trust them with the points. Right. The first game we're going to hit on the board is going to be uh, the Washington Redskins. Not the Washington Redskins. Uh, client, right? Uh, befuddle me, right? The guy with 50 million, you send me a text. So I'm hesitating. What does this guy want? So I'm going to say Houston at home away is Carolina. My guy from Stanford University, Davis Mills, is starting. They're eight point underdogs in the over under is 42. We were talking about this game before. It's got to be Carolina. Um, this is a primetime game for them. <clears throat> um, you know, coming off of, of two really good wins, uh, especially last week against New Orleans. Um, so they're 2-0. They're looking to go 3-0. Houston's starting a rookie quarterback um, in a primetime game, all eyes on that game. Going to be tough for them. Carolina's defense is playing really well. So I, I just think Carolina's going to, Win by more than the eight, and I think it's going to go under because I don't see Houston scoring a lot. I see like a 24 to seven game or, or somewhere in that ballpark. So 31 to seven, something like that. So I go Carolina and the under. Yeah, I agree too. Totally. That primetime uh, factor for Carolina, they're not playing any primetime games this year. It's kind of their, you know, this is their getting the spotlight to show the world kind of that they're for real and what they can do. Um, you know, Mills, new, you know, first start. Um, it's going to be tough for Houston to score points. I think uh, we talked about teams like Houston and Denver that kind of had fast starts. They're kind of throwing everything out there. Um, Houston's 2-0 against the spread. I, I don't think they're going to be uh, – I think they're going to be below 500 against the spread. So, I think a return to the mean there with them not covering this week. Um, and then also I think it's big too – for Carolina, the fact that Tampa Bay is playing L.A. And if, you know, they know that, you know, Tampa could drop this week and this that makes that much more important, that makes this worth two games for Carolina, can get them up a game on the Tampa Bay in the division, which I think adds a very uh, big motivation for the, for the Panthers. All right. This is good because this is where the listener of the podcast and listeners of the live streams have an advantage because – uh, they can pick the consensus pick. You got our own personal picks and the consensus pick. So the consensus pick is going to be Carolina minus eight under 43, right? Yeah, under all day. Yep. yep. I am going to go with my guy, Davis Mills from Stanford University. Uh, he ran a pro system with David Shaw, Harbaugh guy at Stanford. They basically run a pro offense. I believe Carolina will win the game, but defensive-minded coaches do not cover, right? Uh, because he's going to try to run out the clock. Uh, that turnover by Darnold was troublesome. Coach even talked about it to the reporters. Uh, a book that I read years ago, is if you talk for a half hour, you're going to tell whoever you're talking to uh, – 
everything they need to know about it. So coaches, that's why coaches are very guarded. That's why Belichick doesn't say anything, right? He wants to keep everything close to the back. So the fact that it spilled out from rule that one turnover Darnold made, that Darnold was a turnover machine in college, and they're going to keep the real game plan for the division games. So I can totally see uh, a 17-10 game, right? So we're great on the under, but get past that key number, plus eight, Davis Mills, who's a safe guy, doesn't turn the ball over, because that's what I've noticed now, doing a Hawthorne effect. I've noticed that coaches are just waiting for these young quarterbacks to make mistakes. So that's what I see in that game, right? So very much uh, food for thought, all right? So the consensus pick is your Carolina Panthers, minus the eight points, under 43. We're all saying under 43. Another big caveat is that statistics and trends in sports betting, what you got to look at is when you're going to go the other way. The first six uh, national games on TV have all gone over. So this might even jump tomorrow. So if it goes higher, hit that under, man, because all three of us agree on the under. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> yeah. All you got to like the agree. under with the defense. Yeah. So, Defensive-minded coach with and Matt Rule and uh, right Mills is a rookie, right? Right. Yes. Yep. Uh, rookie quarterback in his first start. I mean, screamed under. Yeah. You're gonna close. All right. So the next game is Jacksonville at home against Arizona. Arizona is a seven-point favorite in the over under. Is 53. What do you think, guys? Well, I talked this guy out of not buying any more Tesla. Tesla's done. <laughs> Go ahead, guy. Um, I know Arizona's coming across the country, basically. I know it's an early game. They run such a roll offensively right now. I, I think um, I think they can name the score on this one. I think Jacksonville's going to have problems. Um on offense with that Cardinal defense, that front four that will rush them. Um, I think Kyler is on an MVP campaign. I think he's, he's, he's automatic. Um, and I think he has weapons all over the place. I think they're, more, they're like a Tampa Bay light. They have weapons all over the place. So I see Arizona winning this game. That's a high number for points. I see it going under as well. So I take Arizona and the under in a uh, in a in a fourteen point game, something like that. So that's where I go. Go ahead, Josh. I want to hear your thoughts on this one. Yeah, I'm gonna go uh, again. Plus eight at home, Urban Meyer on under the fifty three. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, was, I was listening to the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars home. Uh, uh, commentators, Cersei, uh, office alignment, and they are basically running plays in the first half to set them up for the second half. And uh, Lawrence missed three wide open plays for touchdowns. He missed them. 
because he hasn't caught up to the speed of the game. Mm-hmm. So can he do it in a week? Uh, if he throw, if he would have uh, hit one of those, he would have covered. The other thing too is extremely hot. And the only reason I didn't hit the second half line in Jacksonville was because of those overthrown passes. Now, what made it close was that the punt team for Denver got gassed. So they were making big plays on special teams. Urban Myers is his own special teams coach. So I'm thinking that's what's going to keep him uh, close. Plus, it's a return to the mean, right? Uh, as bad as Jacksonville is, these are professional players, right? So they don't like to lose three in a row, and they might lose three in a row. I don't think they're not going to cover three games in a row. It could happen. But I'm getting it um, buying a point because they're a loser team. When it's a loser team, I buy points, right? Because they're, again, uh, your family member that asks you for 20 bucks and say, hey, let me borrow 20 bucks. You just give it to them because you're not, you're not going to get it. So I don't trust them with points. I'm going to go plus eight, under 53 uh, at home. In the nasty hot weather. Now, another interesting thing about uh, Jacksonville, it has the highest concentration of trademarks in the United States of America. What was that? Highest concentration of what? Trailer parks. Oh, okay. <laughs> so low per capita income, right? Uh, low season ticket sales. That's why they go to London every year, right? To see the owner's brother who's the mayor of London. You say, Josh, what does that have to do with sports betting? Well, they do not get main costs. Teams that are loser teams, bad teams, usually don't get the benefit of the doubt in any professional sport. Not for any nefarious reason, just because they're bad. Nobody likes a loser, especially the refs. So that's another consensus pick. You guys going Arizona? Oh, Chad Um, hasn't made a pick yet. Yeah, I haven't gone yet. I'm not. It could be undecided, and we'll get it later on Twitter. No, oh, yeah, well, I'm looking at the the lines right now, and for some reason, my my betting website is not that game is not on, on here. I don't know what's going on. Um, but injuries, yeah. And Arizona's not going to bring their whole crew cross country. They're in a tough decision, and they have. I think coach is going to get fired if he doesn't yeah. win most of his division game. So yeah, the guy's slightly nicked. He's not going to play. Yeah, well, I do think with the with the two and zero start the Cardinals have, they're they want this one. This is got to be a win. This has been penciled as a win on the schedule. It gives them that three and zero start. I agree with Scott that Kyler is playing out of his mind. Um, I looked at the weather. The weather in Jacksonville is going to be on Sunday, eighty five degrees with only fifty seven percent humidity. It's not up in the eighties, nineties like it like it's crazy. Been the last few weeks. So it's a little more bearable. Um, I think that allows maybe Kyler to run around a little more before he right. gets cast out. So, I mean, if I, I believe that, what do you guys have the line at seven and a half? Yeah. Seven and a half about the half point, make it eight. Yeah. So I, I, I love the under, under all day, a unanimous consensus, consensus on the under. I don't think, um, there's going to be that much scoring. I think Arizona is going to try to kind of get a 
get a lead and, and hang on to it. Um, I just right now do not trust Jacksonville at all. And I think I'm going to go the other way from Josh here and go Arizona and buy the half point, maybe even a full point to get it at six and a half. Gotcha. Um, but I'm going to, I'm going to go with Arizona with the seven, the six and a half. Um, see how that in, in the under all day. Um, I, I just, Jacksonville's got to show me something. Um, and Arizona, I mean, Tennessee and Minnesota are, are pretty solid wins. I mean, you know, Tennessee came back and beat the Seahawks. I think Minnesota's a, a pretty solid team defensively for them to put up that numbers. I think they're a lot better defensively than the Jaguars. I mean, I, I, I can't see Arizona not getting close to 28 points in this game. And that means Jacksonville's got to get 21 to cover that. Um, I just don't see that. I see like a 28 to, to 14. Um you know, 28, 17, something like that is where I'm at. So, you know, but, I, but I, will be, I will be looking at Jacksonville on that second half line, you know, possibly here just to see, seeing how the game's going. Um, if Arizona is, is blowing them out in the first half or, or they're up like, if they're up 14 or more, I think Jacksonville in the second half uh, will, will be a pretty good look. Think they can, because I think Arizona will will slow it down. They're not trying to run cross country. They're just going to try to get out of there with the win. I think they can hold on to a touchdown lead. Um, but I could see you know Lawrence making making some of those throws he missed last week and uh, coming back late. You know and and get you know maybe winning the second half by by seven points. Yeah, and the fact for me looking at the second half line, in spite of the weather. Uh, the fact that they're setting up plays for the second half. They're yeah. running this play to set up the next play so the guy's wide open in the second half. And that's, I think, why Meyer came to the NFL kind of run those plays right for his own personal satisfaction. He doesn't need money. He, his great grandkids have money. And he is making $10 million a year with no state income tax. Over Meyer. All right. So, Consensus pick is going to be Arizona minus seven. Yeah. Under yep. under the 53. You all agree on that under 53? Yep. Yep. All right. So, next game is going to be the Tennessee uh, Titans right? at, at home against the Indianapolis Colts. We're lying about how many players they have injured. Uh, the spread is minus six. The over-under is 48. Uh, Indianapolis covered the Rams. We got that one. What I didn't get was I thought that game was going to go under because if you live in the past, you die in the past. So two offensive coaches going against each other, that for sure was going under. Uh, this week, uh, I don't know. What do you think, guys? It was a big win for Tennessee last week. Up in yeah. Seattle, came back. Um, you know, as Seattle wants to do one or two times a year, they uh, they blow a blow lead late in the game and uh, lose a game. So right. um, that could have been their one one mulligan for the year. Um, I think Tennessee's going to win the game. Uh, Spread six. That's, that's a that's a close spread. Um, 
But I think Tennessee is going to win by a touchdown. I think that win up in Seattle will vault them into uh, bigger and better things. Um, I love Derrick Henry this week. I think Derrick Henry is going to run all over Indy. Um, So I'll I'll take Tennessee at home. Um, What did you say the over-under was? 48. I'll take the under. I'll take the under simply because I think Tennessee is going to run the ball at will against Indy. Um, and set up the pass. I don't think Tannehill's going to have to throw more than 20, 25 times this week. Um, so I, I think it's going to be a big Derrick Henry game, and that's why I would take the under, and I would take Tennessee. What's our status on Carson Wentz? He's, he's playing this week, right? I mean, even if he plays the man's hurt, I don't think his body's meant to play for Yeah, I, what I heard on the radio was that he's they're planning on him playing, but he's got one high ankle sprain and one – regular ankle sprain. So he's going to have to be a complete pocket passer. Um, So I think they're going to dump off to the running backs a lot when they have to pass. Um, But I still like Tennessee in the game. I think Tennessee wins the game and stays under. I agree. I agree. Uh, Because I think with all those injuries on the Colts uh, on defense, uh, their whole plan is to wear the other team down. And then, you know, hit it big in the second half. So, yeah, uh, Tennessee, uh, minus six, under 48. What do you think, Chad? So, I'm, I'm right with you guys on Tennessee. Uh, I think Tennessee is going to come out and get it done. The Colts are depleted. Uh, Tennessee's got a home game. Um, you know, it's a division game. Derrick Henry, I think, is going to have a big day. I think we're going to see some carryover from the offense from up in Seattle right. um, last week, and, and they're going to come out, and the, they're going to win this game by a touchdown. The number, though, the total, I, I think I'm going the other way with you guys. Uh, I've seen the Titans secondary give up big plays two weeks in a row now. I've seen them give up 38 points to the Cardinals, and I've seen them give up 30 points to Seattle. Um, I think we're going to see – that's going to show its nose again. They think Indianapolis can get 17 points. Um, you know, and what do I need out of Tennessee then? Like a well, 31, 31, 17. That's right at my 48. Right. So I think I can get a 35, 35, 17 win. Um, I think Tennessee can, can is capable of scoring 35 all day. And I, I, uh, I just feel like, you know, they're going to, you know, especially to, you know, maybe Wentz is hurt and they're going to come after him. But that's leaving those DBs in man-to-man cover situations where that ball is going to be put up in the air. Um, so I, I'm going to be curious to see what what Vrabel does. We know they like that, you know, the, the Belichick uh, zone right. stuff right. Um, is their bread and butter. But with a guy hurt back there, are you going to let a guy – are you just going to let him sit back there when he's got two bad ankles and just let him dice you up, you know, and not right, and not right. put the heat on him? Because, I mean, if I got two hurt ankles, that's what I want. Let me sit back there and play zone on me, right? Shit. Right. Um, and that – and you know, so it's going to be interesting to see if they bring the heat and do play some more man this week with Wentz's injury status. And if they do, I think that allows for a, a deep a deep pass – and they have one good drive this morning, and I think it lasts for one big play um, okay. with that potential for the man. So, 48, man, I really can see this game um, getting over. I think the Colts have good receivers. Um, I mean, Pittman's a stud. 
He uh, and the thing about Pittman is Pittman has worked out with Eason all off season. Yeah. Uh, the last two years out here in California, they spent a lot of time together. They do have a very good chemistry. Uh, so if Wentz does go down, I could see them him and Pittman hooking up for one um, in that manner. So with all that being said, I, I think I, I, I like the Titans by a touchdown easy. It's minus okay. five and a half, minus six all day. Titans are going to win this game. Um, but, yeah, I think this game, I think it's going to get over. I, I think this is uh, – I think this one's going to be an overplay for me. All right. And, and really the only reason um, that I'm going under is uh, – in fundamental analysis, corporate governance. Uh, Reich, who's won a Super Bowl, Brable, who's won a Super Bowl, has taken a team in a long run in the playoffs, spent all summer uh, studying each other. Now, I don't know if these guys do it, but I know some other head coaches do it. They sent out private detectives <laughs> to study division opponents. So they know a lot about each other. So usually in a case like this, uh, but this is a different year, and, and the Colts have different, in, you know, have different, uh, have a lot of injuries. So they might say, hey, man, the only way we're going to win because of all of our injuries is get this thing in a shootout, right? Make this game go kind of crazy. But I'm, I'm going to, even though uh, I missed a few last week by living in the past, I'm going to stay in the past for this one and think that they're going to protect the defense with short passes and running games and try to keep the center in a division game because they have played each other twice every year and then they studied each other all summer, right? So the consensus, right, pick is going to be, we all three agreed on Tennessee minus six. Get that now. So uh, num it's because the key number is seven. So you want to you wanna make that money so get that minus six, and then uh, the 48. If you think the game is going over, like Chad told you, bet that now. If you yeah. think it's going under, like uh, Scott and I think, wait, really even wait up until kickoff. Because I've seen lines balloon right at kickoff. Uh, we don't know what it is because we don't see the data. We assume if somebody plays in big bets, they get to the casino in Biloxi and uh, Foxwoods and people who really don't know sports betting loves to bet overs in the favor. All right. So we got the Detroit Lions and crazy Dan Campbell against the Ravens at uh, plus eight over under 51. Uh, reading my Detroit press, <laughs> uh, reading my Baltimore Sun, uh, I've come to the conclusion that the Detroit Lions are going to cover the eight points, right? Again, this is almost like uh, Jacksonville. We have a really bad team. They're 0-3. Uh, Dan Campbell, you, you can only get a team up three times during the season. He's calling. It's funny because, you know, first time head coach, Position coach, never been a coordinator. He's making every single mistake in the book, right? As a manager, you don't call out people in the office in public. He called out his team, is uh, saying, "Oh, we gotta win. Uh, we gotta win shootouts," which is complete 
uh, contradiction for what he said in the past. They were supposed to be a run first team, protect the defense type team, get golf and get to now he wants to, he's saying he wants to win shootouts. Uh, against the Ravens, Lamar Jackson, the Detroit. I mean, this is a good test, right? I think it's a big game for Scott, Chad, and I. Let me throw Jim in there because what if we were the secondary of Detroit, right? We're going to see, right? Because basically Detroit has us out there. They have guys from the street <laughs> just, just saying, hey, let's go out there and play. So now we know if we were there playing, you know, put Jim and uh, Scott in the middle and uh, shut it out, take the outside. We're going to see what Detroit's going to do. Uh, but it's Lamar Jackson, right? And it's uh, Harbaugh family. And it's uh, – uh, Greg Roman, right? So they're going to have the lead. And what does he do on a lead? He just sits back like Shanahan did and he's going to sit on the lead. Detroit is desperate. Yeah. The coach has no idea what they're doing. They're desperate. And that screams the same thing that happened in the last home game where they cover. So I'm going to wait. Hopefully this gets to uh, eight and a half, nine, even 10 or even 11 yep. and shoot Detroit. In that over, because if he wants to win shootouts, we're going to take him at his word that he's going to, you know, get this game kind of crazy, make it into a college game. Before, 51 is a low total for a college game. You know, and uh, Lamar Jackson, too, it, his accuracy is going to be interesting, right? Because we have to sit back in zone. <laughs> I'm going to, I have to play way off the receiver. Maybe Chad can chuck him and play one-on-one with him. I'm going to have to, <laughs> I'm going to have to be like 20 yards off and have everything in front of me. Right. That's the same thing Detroit's going to do for Lamar Jackson's accuracy. Also his ability to read defenses is not really going to be tested because right. Chad, Jim and I, and Scott, this is the first time we've been on a professional field together. <laughs> so he has to keep the calls simple <laughs> <laughs> all i'm doing is play way off the deceiver and uh as soon as the ball snap i'm definitely ready as fast as i can bend back not get beat deep <laughs> <laughs> literally that's what's happening man the truth is always stranger than fiction what do you think about this game scott so Baltimore has speed. Right. Lamar's fast. Hollywood Brown's fast. Right. Tyson Williams is fast. Hollywood so, Brown is questionable this week. I've been seeing. Oh, is he? He's, I mean, <laughs> on my little ESPN app, it says he's questionable. I don't. I haven't done any further research to see what the injury is. Uh, I'm just seeing that right here that he is questionable. So I mean, I don't. He might be playing. I don't know. I don't know what that means. But uh, that could. I mean. That definitely could influence uh, the over/under. I think more yep. than the total. Yep. So I, I more than the spread. So my opinion is: is Baltimore is going to get up early? Yep. I, I, Detroit didn't show anything in the second half against Green Bay, except yeah. ineptness on offense and defense. Right. And you kind of figured that was going to happen because of what Green Bay came up. So I, yeah. I like Baltimore big in this game. Um. I don't think it's going to quite get to 50. <clears throat> I think Baltimore, once Baltimore gets a lead and Detroit has to become one-dimensional, I think that's going to play right into Baltimore's defensive hands. So, so I like I like Lamar 
And I think he's going to get Mark Andrews going um, in this game. I could see that because if the Detroit's going to play his own, I think Mark Andrews is going to pick apart holes in that. Um, so I like ball. I like Lamar. I like the running running team, and I like them to hold the ball a lot. I could see them scoring 31, 34 points and holding Detroit to 10. I think this is a get-right game for Baltimore. I think their defense is going to show up. I think they're going to play big, and I think Baltimore is going to win the game with the under. I don't think it's going to hit 50. I really don't. So I see Baltimore winning this game handily, uh, kind of like in a Carolina style over Houston. So. So I have a lot of pressure here. I got, I got, I got two. You guys are split on both of these here. So, um, I on the side, I agree with Josh. I like, uh, I like the Lions plus the eight. I think we're gonna be able to get that number upwards of nine or ten later in the week. Um, yeah. So if you if you if you agree with Scott and you like Baltimore, I jump on that number now. Get that eight. Um, but I, I think Baltimore, I agree with Scott, they're going to get up on them early, and I think they're going to control the game and run the ball, um, which on the total, I agree with Scott. I think the game is going to go under. I think Detroit, I think it's going to be a uh, – I think Baltimore is going to handily win the game. Uh, Detroit's going to run the ball in the second half and not really be pushing it. Um, get getting out of there with the win. And I think you're going to see Detroit get a meaningless touchdown at the end. You know, Baltimore's up 14, you know, uh, and Detroit goes down and gets a meaningless touchdown at the end and, and, and covers that line. I think, I think the backdoor cover, something like that's really in this game with, uh, with, with uh, the running game of, of Baltimore. Um, so I like, like Detroit plus the eight, I'm going to wait and see if I can get it up there nine or 10. And I think, 50 is just a little too high for this game. Uh, I think Baltimore gets that lead early. Uh, is going to play into the to the under. So that, that's where I'm at. All right. So the consensus podcast pick is going to be your Detroit Lions plus eight and whatever it jumps to. We're going to make that decision Sunday morning. Where that line jumps to. And uh under the 51 under 51 and for me uh harbaugh is like those defensive coaches that are good as underdogs bad as favorites so all right i like this this is spreadsheet this is the most uh We've gone against each other all year, man. What's in the water week three, man? Good because <laughs> uh, once oh, we talented. get into week six, week seven, we can look at uh, – I can go back to doing technical analysis. I can look at yeah. the spreadsheet, yep. look at trends, see where I'm wrong, right? And, and just it, – and it's a business decision. It was practical. Well, I, I think it's good. Information wins. It's good, too, because it's challenging our thinking, and we're not just – listening to what one guy says and, and uh, being influenced or right. persuaded off, you right. know, we're taking right. everything in and we're still, you know, we're having our own thoughts here, which is, you know, I think a, a unique part of, of what we, we bring content wise. I think a lot of other people 
Uh, everybody always agrees and no one wants to oh, you know, exactly. hurt anyone's feelings. Like, I don't agree with you, right. bro. You're wrong. You know, no, no, there's no pride or feelings here. We're just, uh, you know, cause we're learning from each other because some of us are going to be wrong and some of us are going to be right this week. Exactly. And we're going to go back and uh, be able exactly. to collaborate even at a higher level, you know, after exactly. that. Exactly. Man, you, man, you're on it and it's rare. So very lucky. So it's better to be lucky than good, man. So yeah, yeah. like good rapport that man, once you can collaborate, it gives you an edge because everybody has their ego involved. Don't understand, right? Exactly what you just said, right? That it's it's about getting it right. It's about learning from each other. Both you guys have watched 70 years of football and you see something, right? That I might not see, but we're able to monetize and collaborate together on it, right? And that's why it's, Sports betting is one form of wagering that collaborating is very effective. It helps you monetize. And the reason why I've been fortunate looking good, man, we have 19 weeks in a row of profit. And it was listening to what these gentlemen had to say last week. Here we go. Washington Redskins. Uh, Again, that number again, uh, they are at home, but it's minus eight against Buffalo, who just blew out Miami. The over-under is 46. Uh, just looking at, because uh, recently biased with the public, the song beat Miami, but that is a division game. Yep. It's outside the division against Jack Del Rio. They had a bad performance on defense. So I'm sure Coach Del Rio and Rivera lit him up during the week. Uh, Buffalo should win the game. I think it's 28-24. But if you live in the past, you die in the past. Uh, This is the same type of game with the Giants that usually in the past 2020-2019 would be under. But I think this game is going to go over. I agree. Over the 46. The average score of the national game historically is 45. Uh, I think Washington is a... Again, a loser team, uh, you know, person in recovery in your family, right? Uh, you can't give them, you can't let them borrow the 20 bucks. You give them the 20 bucks. So I like it that it's over the key number of seven, eight. So I'm going to take the plus eight, see what's going on. If that number is going to go higher and uh, get value that way. And I'm going to knock it down from 46 to 45 to that historical number. Using the, the historical 60-day historical average. If you ever want to know what that is, that's what I'm doing right here. Historically, it's 45. I'm going to go over, so I'm going to knock it down to 45 from 46. Mm-hmm. Believe me, the casino knows the difference between 45 and 46. What do you think, Scott? I'm agreeing with you. Um, I like Buffalo to win the game. I don't like them to cover. <clears throat> um, it's out of conference game, out of division game. So uh, Washington Rivera's already come out and uh, criticized the defense. Right. I heard that today. So um, look for the defense to play well in spurts. But I, I just think that Buffalo got got right last week, as we said last week. Right. So I, I think they're ready to go on a nice little run here. So I, I see Josh Allen um, throwing the ball around the field. I don't see Buffalo being able to run. So I think it's going to be a one-dimensional game for Buffalo, which may play to Washington's strength, but I, 
it, the game's at Buffalo, so I see Buffalo winning at home. Um, I don't see him covering, right. and I, I do see the over. I do see the over in this game for sure. I think Washington can hang with them for sure. I don't think Buffalo's defense is great. So Buffalo and the over. I mean, Washington and the over. Nice. Well, we got a unanimous pick, boys. I, I totally agree with you guys on this one. Uh, I think, you know, Buffalo, uh, I think if we hold off, I, I like Redskins by a half point. I On my stuff, I can get the Redskins plus seven and a half at minus 115 right now. Uh, but I think Bills Mafia and off the recency bias of last week, I right. think we're going to see the Bills bet them up. You're going to see an eight or nine pop here before kickoff. So you hold off yep. on those Redskins. Yep. Um, and then, yeah, I think I think this is going to be an over game. Uh, I think in the past uh, it, it, it would be an under. I think, you know, Rivera, if you, if you look too much into him being a defensive guy, can lead you to the under. But this being an out-of-conference game, I think, plays very well to the over. Um, I think both teams are going to be able to score. Uh, we've seen it. You know, the Redskins, are, you know, they uh, – you know, the Bills are going to score no problem. They've, they've, they've been a legit offense now for, for the last two years. Uh, I, the Redskins, I really like their receiving core. I think they got guys that can make big plays um, that we're going to see. And I think the, the, uh, the Bills won the game, like I said, but it's going to be a tight one. I think the Redskins can cover – uh, you know, we're getting that key number. We're getting seven and a half on the other side of that key number, which is right. huge. Uh, I like the Redskins to cover that. And I, I like this game to go over, you know, 45, 45 and a half. Right. And, and there's a lot of Bill's Mafia, right? That's going now to Foxwoods. They'll head into Boston on set sportsbook and just bet blindly the Bills. Like it's a religion, right? They're giving their offer to the Catholic Church. In this case, uh, the Bills. So, we look forward to that. That's happening a lot with San Francisco. You know what's funny is my betting app right here says Redskins and not football team. <laughs> what's going on with that? Not politically correct. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny, man. And, you know, that's the, the thing that in my own business is I don't have to be politically uh, correct. You know, my clients only care that I make them money, really. <laughs> to whatever I want. <laughs> All right, so consensus pick is the Redskins. Watch that number kind of go up, recency bias a little bit, get over the 45 points. Two defensive coaches going after each other, but this is post-COVID-19, 19 guys on the practice squad, 17 games, kind of holding back the real defenses for division games. Now we have... We'll go to our New England Patriots expert. So, using our New England Patriots expert, we're 3 1, 75%. Remember, break even is 52.5%. So, you are making you a lot of money on the New England Patriots game. Scott, break this game down for you. The Saints and Jameis Winston at the Pats, it's only minus three, over under is 43. So we completely nailed last week. We, we kind of knew Zach Wilson, rookie quarterback against Belichick, was not going to be a good day for the Jets. So He never lost. Um, huh? He never lost. Yeah, right, exactly. Rookie quarterback. So last week, really concerned. I watched a little bit of the Saints game against the Panthers. It really concerned me because Jameis started to show a little bit of his Tampa Bay tendencies with some of the passes right. he threw. Right. Um, 
plays right into Belichick's hands. Right. Coming up to Foxborough, um, spread is only three. I think the Patriots can definitely cover that. I think they're going to run the ball like crazy again. I think Mac Jones is not going to have to throw a lot of passes. I think the Patriots are going to control the clock. I think they're going to uh, they're going to score 17 to 21 points, and I don't think New Orleans can score more than 10. Right. Um, this is a perfect script for the Patriots. Uh, Damian Harris got back on track last week. He had a huge game. Um, tough guy. So I I think the Patriots are going to win the game like 21 to 10. That's just that's just the way I think. I think Jameis is regressing a little bit. I don't think he has any weapons other than Kamara. Right. You know, the receivers are not that great. So um, they're not getting the tight ends involved. They're not getting the wide receivers involved. Um, so I think Belichick's going to key on Kamara, take him out of the game, and force Jameis to beat him. And I don't think Jameis can do it. So I, I, I see a definite under, and I see a Patriots win by 10, 11, 12 points, something like that. So. That's why I, I yeah, I 100% agree. I'm just going with the money line because I could totally see this game being um, like 17 16, right? With no scoring in the fourth quarter, something like yeah, that. something crazy because the pass are still like that. They're still uh, not necessarily a loser team, but the he's not letting the quarterback do anything, right. Yeah. And, right. and the Jets uh, coach had very interesting comments, and I'll leave it for the Jets game. But he's not letting, uh, you know, the quarterback do anything at all. He wants to win it nope. with the running game and the other team making mistakes. Exactly. We talked exactly. about Jameis Winston raping a girl in college, stealing from the uh, grocery store. And the thing is that 95% of people cannot change. That's why his last year in Tampa, one of the reasons they got rid of him in Tampa is because he fondled a Uber driver. So he hasn't learned from his mistakes and he has not faced any real consequences for his mistakes. Now, if I fondled an Uber driver, I would be divorced. They would get rid of all my licenses. I wouldn't have any clients. Yep. yep. And I'd be basically homeless right now. What happened to him? He gets a contract with the Saints, right? Right. So uh, I see, Bel- you know, excellent coach like Belichick taking advantage of that and winning the games. And one note I would add to uh, the house of predicted games is the sameness of everything, right? This is 100% Bill Parcells coaching three uh, game. Both yep. guys coach for Bill Parcells for over a decade and they both have the same philosophy that's why this game's going under they're not they're only going to show the real game plan to division opponents they want to be six and six as their 12 games and then win for sure win the rest of the games with what we do the hawthorne effect they call it self-scouting what do you think chad Nolan? yeah i totally agree with you guys i think um Patriots are going to win this game. I, I, I do think the three um, – I know I'm looking here at getting them at two and a half. I can get them at two and a half for minus 130, or I can take a minus 150 on the money line. So 
with the value of those two, I feel like to me it makes more sense to take the money line at minus 150 versus minus 130 with a one or two point win. Right. You're getting two more numbers for not much, uh, you know, not much more risk there. So um, I think I'm going to go with the Patriots on the money line there with Josh. I think the Patriots, I think um, this this being an out of, out of conference game is going to be both teams are going to keep it vanilla. I do think the league wants the Patriots to be two and one going right. in next week to play Brady. So mm-hmm. I think they will, they will get the calls in that manner too. So, um, and just they're, they're going to keep it, keep the game low scoring. They're going to run the ball, the Patriots, it's going to go under that 42 and a half. So I'm, I'm totally in line with you guys. Patriots when the Patriots money line, they're going to win the game. Uh, and the under is going to be all these Patriots unders are going to be money of, all year, they're gonna have to bring that number down to thirty-five before I start. <laughs> right, right, and, and that's when you do a trend. You go the other way, like uh, six national games have gone over. We're looking to go the other way, so we'll go over as we monitor the line. But we gotta step up because we've been monetizing that trend. And then the other point is, we're not just games; we have an underlying philosophy, right? So sales think short term, businessmen and women think long term. So. When the money line makes sense, you kind of prefer it from a long-term view. After a whole season of having that philosophy, you are going to make more money because we're betting a lot of games. So that's why uh, go with the money line in the situation exactly like described. Higher level thinking is long-term thinking for exactly those reasons. Interesting game to me. Uh, is the Chiefs coming off in the division game against the San Diego Chargers. Uh, and I say that because they have no home field advantage. I do have a client, though, who's a San Diego Chargers fan, but he lives in Arlington, Virginia. And he buys season tickets to the Chargers, and he can do it because he has it like that. He flies to all this year it's going to be 17 games. He goes to every single Chargers game. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. But he lives in Arlington, Virginia. Uh, they have fans like that, but in L.A. they have no fans. Uh, that uh, We got three sides of the bet. The Dallas game last week saved their profit. Uh, Double-digit dogs in the division, right? Uh, we talked about it in the Hawthorne Fed. I was 0-2 on it, but for the last two years – I've been around 85, 90% on it. Now, the games I got wrong were Bill Belichick and Andy Reid as double-digit favorites. So I'm that theory, you almost bent, bent, uh, bet it blindly, but the number one, the number two rule of betting is always do your research. Never bet a bet blindly, but you hold that in. But keeping that in mind in the fact that the Chiefs with Spagnolo, their strength is their defensive line. The Chargers' weakness is their bad offensive line. It's made look better by a mobile quarterback, smart guy who gets rid of the ball fast. Against the Chiefs in Arrowhead, which has the highest winning percentage along with Denver historically, and still holds uh, on, I think, because of the altitude or whatever it is. Got to study that. I just know that I've monetized it a lot. So I like the uh, Chiefs minus six under the 55 in a uh, division game 
where the Chargers, they have the most yards in between the 20s, but they can't score in the red zone. Maybe they saved up the red zone plays for a division game. I don't know. I'm going to find out. I do know uh, part of fundamental analysis is technical analysis. And the coordinator for the Chargers uh, was not allowed to call plays at the University of Tulsa when he was there. So he comes to the chief uh, uh, Chargers franchise. He goes from quarterback coach to the offensive coordinator when Winston Hunt got fired. And he got Wednesday night got fired, and then the other coach got fired. So, uh, not I don't have much faith in those Chargers red zone plays, and that's up the Chiefs alley. They're bend but don't break. So the way things have been going for so and it's what uh, coach has been doing up and down the league is waiting for these young quarterbacks to make mistakes. Herbert's in his second year. Really, they didn't throw the ball that much at Oregon. They ran the ball with Coach Cristobal, who's a disciple of that same Belichick Satan tree, right? As he worked for Bill, uh, Nick Satan in Alabama and didn't let Harvard, uh, Herbert throw it. Now, let me ask you this, uh, Chad. Is this, we see it up and down the league, uh, lately saving labor costs. And I always thought about this way back in the day when to save money, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers fire uh, Ray Perkins, right? Another Bill Belichick, <laughs> Parcells, uh, Satan guy. And they put Richard Williamson, the wide receiver. They, they didn't even get any of the coordinators. They got Richard Williamson, the wide receivers coach, to be the head coach. Now, you've been through a coaching change. Uh, what's the dynamic, right? Say you're on a team, college team, you got the head coach, but both coordinators, <laughs> they get rid of him, and the receivers coach is now running the team. Did the players respect the guy, or what kind of dynamic goes on? Yeah, I mean, I I think it. In my experiences, it's been terrible. It hasn't worked out. I don't think that speaks for every situation. I really think it speaks to the, the guy and what you know what he's all about. At the end of the day, right. um, I think there's some you know individuality in in that. But in a in a macro sense, I would say for the most part that it it, it is tough to get. Uh, the buy-in and the uh, I just the you know the the efficiency out of the team and the guys um, and the game planning and all that w- w- right. in that in that scenario. Yeah. So what do you think about this game, Scott? I'm going Chiefs minus seven under fifty-five. Yeah, I I think um, the one thing the Chargers have trouble defending is speed. Again, as we talked right. about earlier. So I think this is a big Tyreek game. I think last week against Dallas, it was Lamb and Pollard that had the two right. huge games against them. And those two guys are fast. So um, I see like a 31-17 game, 31-20 to game. I think Chargers score, you know, some late points to, to get it closer. Right. Um, although the Kansas City defense has not shown me anything, I just think that this will be the type of game, division game, first division game at Arrowhead. Um and I, I, I see Mahomes being very comfortable. I see a 31-20 game, uh, 31-17, somewhere in there. Um, I just think that over-under, as you sent me something earlier in the week, that over-under jumped a ton in, in a great right, hurry. Right. right. So um, I just think it's a huge Tyreek game. And I think 
Kansas City is going to control it from the jump, and I think they're going to uh, they're going to win. Won't look handily on the scoreboard, but it'll be handily during the game. So yeah, teams are going to look very different in division than they do out of division. What do you think, Chad? Yeah, I'm in total agreement with you guys. I, I'm seeing here too. We got the Chargers have Chris Harris Jr., Derwin James, Joey Bosa, and Justin Jones. Four def- key defensive guys are questionable this week. Um, they may all play. I mean, a couple of them may not. I, I think that plays into the speed thing you guys are talking about even more. Um, I, I like the Chiefs to cover the six and a half all day. And then, I, yeah, I think this this uh, total number is a complete market inefficiency. I think, uh, you know, the Chiefs and their shootout, the recency bias with the Ravens last week and their right. historical – uh, the last two, you know, Mahomes' career up to this point, um, I, and Herbert and the Chargers moving the ball between the twenties. I think they, that number is should be four forty seven, forty eight. I think it's six or seven points too high. And I mean, identifying that market inefficiency, you have to go with the under there. So I, I'm in complete agreement. K, KC minus six and a half. Uh, division game, I think, tends to lower scoring anyways. So, and that number being that high, got to go under the 54 and a half. No, totally, totally. And even when the Patriots had a good offense, these old school coaches, right, they'll sit on a lead, cut the game in half, play zone, right? And they don't think you can come back. Especially the Chargers are uh, – they're hurt on the offensive line. They got guys from the street on the offensive line against a premier defensive line with the Chiefs. So, consensus, 100%. It's Chiefs minus six and a half, under 54.5. I got under 55. I bought that half point thinking long term. Now, two dysfunctional bad team, right? They're a dysfunctional family member who's in recovery. Now we got two of them. We got a cousin, right? And another cousin. The Giants at home, again, with a bad offensive line that's hurt against Atlanta. And Atlanta has been a disaster so far, giving up a ton of points. And Matty Ice hasn't helped them Throwing, throwing up pick sixes, right? Uh, Giants at home against Atlanta, minus three. The over-under is 48. What do you think, Scott? I think this is a big Saquon game. Um, I don't think Atlanta's going to be able to stop them. I think the Giants are actually going to win this game. Um, at New York, if it was at Atlanta, I might think a little differently, but um, at New York, that Atlanta offensive line is a shamble, as you saw in the game last week against Tampa. Um, I think the Giants' front defensive unit will give them major problems. Um, I think Ridley has a nice game for Atlanta, but I also think that Saquon um, runs the ball well for the Giants, and I think the Giants win in a lower-scoring game. I don't think it's going to be high. I see it definitely going under. Um, and I see the Giants winning. I think they showed a lot last week against Washington. So I think I think they can win this game. This is one of those built-in games that they they can win, right, right, as you right, talked right. about. So. Exactly. I 100% agree with that. 
I'm still paranoid going to go money, money line. Yeah, money line. I don't trust them either. No, I hate picking the Giants, too. I hate picking the Giants, too. <laughs> yeah. I just hate it. Minus 150 is not too bad on the money line. Right. Right. And under under the 48. Yeah, oh, for sure. Um, Atlanta seems a lot like Houston, where it seems like they're doing the NBA thing and trying to tank. Yep. Yeah. Matt Ryan. Yep. He's on his last leg. I mean, how, how many more years does Ryan have left in his career at this point? Yeah, I mean, coach, maybe two. Yeah. yeah. I, I almost I was thinking to myself that there must be a Sally crap issue because he really looked he looked the op, you know, the same as um, Lawrence, right? Where Lawrence is learning the speed of the NFL. It seems like Manny Ice has lost the speed of the NFL. And and keep this in mind too, he's never played well without Julio. Never. Uh, right. He doesn't have Julio. So, I mean, that, right. that fact is into it, too. So, right. No, 100%. No, 100%. Just throw it up there. He's double covered. And he makes the play for you every single time. Right. Uh, what do you think, Chad? Same? Yeah. Um, you, got, you guys are both on the under, right? Yeah. Yes. So, I'm on the Giants money line all day. The total, I, I'm going to kind of sit on my thoughts. Um, I could see this one being a sneaky over. I feel like I'm kind of living in the past here with the Giants and the Falcons on the under. I, I the Giants showed me some offense last week. I think they, you know, that with Saquon and with those receivers, I, you know, the Falcons defense is anything too impressive. I, I think the Giants can score themselves 28-35. Um, It'll be interesting what the Falcons do maybe even bring in the backup to get the ball to Calvin Ridley and uh, Kyle Pitts against that pathetic Giants secondary just based on their play. I mean, Denver was getting plays deep on them and Washington was getting plays deep on them and neither are juggernauts offensively. No, exactly. So that's what I'm saying. I think the Giants secondary is kind of similar to that Titans that my Titans overpick a couple big plays, Calvin really getting a couple big ones. I think, you know, 35, 14, that's an over, uh, 28, 21, that's an over. Mm-hmm. I think there's a possibility that that, you know, um, we, we see right. a little higher scoring and a little, uh, I think we see, I think we see big explosive plays from both offenses in this game. I think the Giants have two or three, you know, I think the Falcons have one or two. I think we're going to see bit, you know, some big plays from that, uh, from the receipt from the, the that receiving core on, on both sides. So yeah, so yeah, the reason I went under is because Judge is a Belichick disciple. Oh, and the mm-hmm. same thing we talked about with Harbaugh, with Reed. They're going to get a lead and they're going to try to run it to hold on to the lead. And what, what happens if you try to hold on to it? You almost lose. It. <laughs> yeah, and I think what I think what the Giants are going to do is the same thing the Belichick does. They're going to try to take away Ridley, right? And Pitts might have the big game, right? Because yeah. I, they go I think, to them if they're smart enough to go to. Them. Yeah, that's the other thing. That's the other thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but, but Pitt, Pitts and Ridley, those two guys. I mean, they, those are explosive guys. Yeah, right. and the Giants secondary being, you know, not a juggernaut. I I think they both could could have a big one. You know. Right. No, Kyle so, Pitts, you can't cover him. He's a tight end. Yeah, he's a mismatch. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So, 
split decision. But the consensus pick is going to be the Giants minus the three uh, under 48. But hey, we're giving you food for thought so you can make your own decision. Yep. Make money watching football. So we have at home the Cleveland Clowns against uh, a brand new starting quarterback in Justin Fields. Uh, minus seven. The over under is 47. I'm going to go Clowns minus seven. Uh, too many turnovers last week. The defense is horrible. I think they return to the mean against Justin Fields. He can't throw. He can only run it. I don't know what the philosophy is going to be. Urban Meyer's not running his rookie quarterback. Just like a practice game so he can learn how to read defenses. That that shows blow up by the clowns in the, the fourth quarter. They try to keep it uh, – uh, they try to close the game out, right? Cut the game in half, run the ball, run out the clock, and keep it under the 47 points. What do you think, Scott? I agree. I mean, the Cleveland Cleveland um, blueprint, run the ball, play defense. They have almost no receivers. Right. So Landry's out for three weeks now because of his knee. Beckham's coming back. How effective is he going to be? Right. So Cle- Cleveland's going to have to run the ball. And Nick Chubb is is a is one of the top three running backs in the NFL. Oh, yeah. So, so I, I – tend to think that they're, they're going to run the ball, keep time of possession, play some defense, um, field's first start on the road in a hostile Cleveland environment. Um, can he can he play with the speed of the game? Right. Um, how is his line going to block for him? You know, he's going to be on the move. He's a running quarterback. So I like Cleveland. I like the under for sure. Um I see like a 27 to 10 game, 27 to 14 game, something like that. But I do think the Bears get Allen Robinson going. Um, I think they're going to, they're going to look to get him going. Um, but I think Chubb's going to have a huge game in this game. I think he's going to run like crazy. So I like the, I like the Browns. What do you think, Chad? Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm rocking with you guys here. I think Browns are minus seven. I, I like them to win this game. Uh, handily um at least by 10 to 14 um yeah i mean justin fields in this first start i think my you know we can't predict turnovers but my variable you know my coefficient right. on, of my turnovers with with fields is high i expect at least one if not two to three turnovers out of fields right puts me on the browns that much more um and that's going to get the browns with a lead they're going to run that rock with chubb they're going to run it Till the the you know the wheels fall off and that's going to make the game under the forty six. So Browns minus the seven hundred forty six, unanimous pick, baby. Nice, nice, love it. Uh, Steelers at home coming off a loss against another young quarterback, and that's all Chicago did was wait for Burrow to make the big mistake, and he did. Uh, Steelers minus three. The over-under is 44. The division game, um, I can see this game being 13-12. Steelers under, and I'm going to take the money line because, again, those those teams, 
it's like uh, when you were dating, dating a girl with a red flag. You, you knew it was going to be fun in the beginning, bitter and unpredictable at the end. <laughs> That's the way teams like the Bengals, the Redskins, these loser teams are. So thinking long-term, I'm going to go with the Steelers. I'm going to buy the point, thinking long-term again, under 45, because the average score in an NFL game historically is 45 points. What do you think, Chad? Uh, yeah, Scott, go ahead first. I want to hear your thoughts. Go ahead, Scott. My final. Yeah. All right. So, Steelers are all kinds of banged up. Might not have Deontay Johnson. Ben's complaining of a, of a pectoral issue in his arm, so he's not 100%. Um, that offensive line's not a great offensive line. I actually think Cincinnati wins the game. Mm, that's I actually awesome. do that's... think Cincinnati wins the game. I think the offensive weapons will cause Pittsburgh multiple problems on defense. The Raiders, Waller did not have a, his Waller-type game last week. Five catches, 65 yards. That's all he had last week. So, and the Raiders won a game going away. So, I think Cincinnati goes in and wins. I, you know, I think they had a bad game last week. I think they're going to come off of that bad game. And I, I think they're going to beat the Steelers. I, I think the Steelers are about ready to go into this decline that, that we right. thought of before the season started. Right. So, um, you know, this is this is not a typical Pittsburgh team. So, I like the Bengals this week. I think the Bengals win the game outright. But I'll take the points for Cincinnati and, and the under. <laughs> Definitely the under. But I, I think Cincinnati on the money line could be the way to go on this one. With the under. Yeah. That's- Josh, you're on you're on the under, right? I'm on the under, and Scott changed my mind, so I'm going to because uh, I do not trust them, right? I do not trust the Bengals. I'm going to buy a point, make it plus four, and I'm going to buy a point on the total and go because still plus four is what I predicted in the game, 13, 12. So yeah, plus I, four under 45. I am. All in a grants on the under all day. And I like the Bengals money line plus 150. I'm going to play the Bengals money line. I think the Bengals win this game. Um, I, I think Ben, I, I've been looking at Ben this year. I, I sh- was thinking Ben was going to be tanking all year. He played a good week one. Who who'd they play week one? Buffalo. Buffalo, right? We picked that game right. Um, and I let that recency bias affect me against the Raiders. That was um, right. I uh, and and I missed that one because of that. So this week I'm not going to make that same mistake again. I'm going to go the other way with the Bengals. I think Ben's banged up. I don't. He's just, you know, Ben's not the same. He's hanging on. He loves the game of football. He loves it. He's out there giving it everything he's got. Man, he he's trying to prolong his career as much as he can. He is fighting going on to the next chapter of his life right now. And he's right. not the Ben Roethlisberger of the past. You, live in the past. There, you, you die in the past. Right. Um, I, I just, I, I think Ben's just on his last leg. I think this is kind of his farewell tour this year. Um, and I, I think uh, Burrow, man, I kind of biasly went with him last week, but I think, man, the, the kid is a, is a hard worker. He's like a, a Brady in the film room. Right. I think he's going to come out, return to the mean, and he's going to bounce back. I think he has a great week this week. 
and I like the Bengals money line plus 150 is a nice little money line lick. Um, and I'm going to rock with that with the uh, the Bengals plus the 150, and I think the under the 43 all day. Right. And the only thing that scares me is the anxiousness, right? Maybe he'll learn from last week because the Bears just sat in that zone. Pittsburgh's going to do the same thing. They're going to yeah. sit in the zone, maybe try to confuse him with some zone blitz, and then he throws that big interception, right, the other way. But if he plays a clean game, based on all the injuries and what you guys say, then the Bengals do win that game or at least cover, right? Lose, you know, 13-10 or whatever. And, you know, win it, right? You live in the past. So I'm going to listen and I'm going to change my pick from the Steelers money line to the Bengals plus four under 45. And He's been 100% on his money line picks. When we, Jazz said, take the money line in those Bengals. All right. Now, very interesting game as far as, uh, you know, you can see the replays of, of the games on NFL Network. If you might, if you have trouble sleeping or insomnia, go ahead and tape this game and watch it. This game will put you to sleep 100%. Better than sleeping pills. You don't have to put pills in your body. Uh, at home, Denver against the Jets. And Slate even told Zach Wilson to be boring. He's too excited and taking chances. He says, you can put it on the defense. We'll win. Just take the safe passes, throw it around, or check down to the running play. Right? That screams the under. Under 41. Uh, defensive teams like uh, Vic Fangio, so Denver and Arizona, you got to look at them being overvalued because they, they are what I call a fake 2-0. <laughs> Teams that putting everything on the table early in the season, they'll tank and lose a lot of games late. Uh, Denver does not have depth. They were outplayed by Jacksonville in the second half. It wasn't for that overthrowing passes. They might even lose that game. If he hits those three Wide open receivers for touchdowns. Jacksonville wins the game. Same thing for Arizona. If the guy hits the field goal, they're one and one. So Denver's game plus a key number of ten uh, against the Jets. I can easily see this being like the first game of the season against Jacksonville. What was that? 16-10? 10-3. Teddy Bridgewater. If he plays, he'll play hurt. Uh, and uh, Bridgewater is the safe guy, right? The other guy's not playing. He would take a chance or two. Big Fangio from the Harbaugh tree, great defensive coach, wants to sit on the ball. He's great as an underdog, bad as a favorite, especially gaining all these points. Uh, so I'm taking your Jets, New York Jets, plus 11, under 41. What do you think, Scott? So I'm going to hack it back to last year when the Jets went to the Rams and were huge underdogs and won the game. I don't think they're going to win the game. I think no. they're going to cover 10. This could go up to like 11 or 12 before the kickoff. Right. So uh, I'm going to take the Jets. I think last week was a uh, was a little bit of a wake-up call for them. Right. I definitely think the game's going under. I don't think the game's going over. But I can see a 17-10 game here for sure. Um, you know, both teams, you know, Denver wants to run the ball as much as they can. Right. Play defense. 
Um, the Jets, I think Zach Wilson learned a valuable lesson from that game last week. Uh, I'm not trying to, to be play hero ball and try to throw it 30, 40, 50 yards down the field. So Exactly. I, I see the, a 17-10 game in this one for sure, and I, I see Denver winning it, but I don't think they cover, and I definitely go under. So I think Zach Wilson might might start coming over Asia pretty soon. I, yeah, I just no. think it's coming. Yeah, the Zach Wilson Joe Burrow game were exactly the same game. Both teams sitting back in the zone, waiting for them to take a shot, throw an interception, pick six or whatever, turns the game around. And I think Denver might might overlook it, look past the Jets. I think they might just play vanilla defense and say, okay, we're gonna play zone or, or we're gonna play man to man, one or the other, and just play that the whole game. And right. I think they're gonna walk out. So right. hundred percent. What do you think, Trey? Well, I think it's absolutely insane that the Broncos are possibly going to have a three and zero start to the season. I mean, you probably could have got fifty to one odds on that. Right. <laughs> the, they um, must have helped. They must have paid the schedule makers to make the schedule open the season. Man, right. yeah, they got a got an easy little road here. But yeah, I, I think the 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 uh, the numbers tell you everything here. Uh, a total of forty one, and a spread of ten and a half. You're not going to cover. <laughs> You're not going to cover ten and a half. The, the line makers are telling you it's going to be a low scoring game. Therefore, right. the Broncos yeah. aren't going to cover. Right. I mean, the, the hints, the, the you know, read between the lines is, is it's right there. Um, right. It's a, you know a, a low scoring total in a big a big spread. That that's a key indicator that you want to rock with the Jets here. Ten and a half, eleven. It's going to be a low scoring game, which means it is going to be hard for the Broncos to cover a big line like that in a low scoring game. So you got to go. Jets with the points all day plus ten and a half plus eleven. Wait on it. I think it'll maybe jump a little bit yeah. under the under the forty one and a half all day. No, percent, hundred percent. And at three zero, the hype machine starts, right? And when we get on uh, week six, we can throw in correlation. If the game's going to go over, then it's not. Then this team covers. If it's going to go under, then the other team covers. You, know, you start looking at patterns for correlation uh, right around week six, but you nailed it on that one, right? Half of sports been doing the right team. Half of was Chad just uh, brilliantly discussed there. Math and pattern recognition. <laughs> That's pure math making that pick. <laughs> you got to love it. You need that layup every once in a while. Uh, another game that I actually think is a layup, right? So consensus pick, all three, Jets plus 11, or let that number fly as people go to Foxwoods or Biloxi and just start putting 100 grand on all the favorites and all the overs, <laughs> right? <laughs> I call it being in business with Vegas, right? <laughs> We're on the Vegas side of that one, <laughs> yeah. right? Uh, Rams, right, are actually getting a point in their new $7 billion stadium, Tampa Bay flying across the country uh, with a banged-up secondary against the Rams. So I'm going to go with Rams' uh, money line under 50. Actually, I'll let you guys pick the over-under on that and this game because I could go either way. It's a high number 55. Last time they played, they almost scored like 80 points. 
So I'm going to go the over. I'm going to go over 55, live in the past, you die in the past. Uh, two years ago, actually scored points two years ago. Uh, it's a new day in football. A game like this, uh, definitely see this flying over. So I'm going to go Rams, uh, money line, over the 55. What do you think, Scott? This game screams last team to have the ball wins. Right. Um, this is definitely going over. I, I definitely see a, a 45-41 game. Um, both offenses are explosive. If the Rams don't have this starting running back, Henderson, they're not going to run the ball. They're going to throw the ball. Yeah. Brady wants to throw the ball, obviously, all game. Um I'll take the Rams. I'll take the Rams in this game, being it's in, in California. Um, and I'll take definitely the over. I think they could come close to the over by halftime in this game, for sure. I think this is going to be the, the most offensive, uh, explosive game of the year so far. So I, I see the Rams and the over. Yeah, I, I agree. I completely agree with you guys. I think the Rams in this new stadium, you got to like them at home. Um, I think it's going to be a complete shootout. It's going to get, it's going to get to the over fast. Um, you know, at this point of the year, I think the, uh, the Rams being a home game. Um, I think they want this one a little more, a little revenge factor, um, right. revenge game for the Rams. And, the Buccaneers don't mind losing week three to the Rams. They don't mind being vanilla. They don't mind keeping some stuff in the bag for the NFC championship game this year. Um, You know, this is not a division game, um, which makes, which makes me like the over even more, you know, the division game probably, probably go under here, but, or, uh, yeah, out of division game, you know, Buccaneers, they're not worried about week three. They're two and oh, they're, they're, they're long view, uh, long-term thinkers. Um, and I think the Rams are, are, you know, in front of their home crowd in front of the Buccaneers. I think this is a big game, you know, so, you know, season tickets, the new stadium, um, you know, beating the defending Super Bowl champions. Right. I, I, revenge game. Like a setup. <laughs> yeah. 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 It does. Right. Getting, right. Yeah. You know, so, um, you know, even, you know, I probably, Take the plus one and a half, honestly, to stay off the money line just in case you get a, you know, last second field goal. Buccaneers win by by one, you know. Um, Yeah, but all day. Rams plus one and a half money line uh, over the 55 and a half. I like it. Yeah, and these two coaches will tell you. Look at these two coaches. McVay Arians, they want to throw the ball all over the place. All over. Two offensive coaches. Yeah, and one th- one thing that they hit me uh, processing watching the Rams in training camp and then watching their games, that McVay offense is set up to take advantage of bad tackle. And I heard the radio guys at Tampa Bay they actually do uh, they used to do a lot better job. But still, Dave Moore uh, after he gets up out of the PR stuff, he he does give you some insight. Uh, they're, they're not a very good tackling team. Now I'm sure Todd Bowles will get them during the season. And I'm sure a lot of teams aren't good tackling teams early in the season. Uh, 
their plays are designed to, t- to exploit that. So I see that as well. Getting over, because, you know, you miss a tackle on, you know, Deshaun Jackson's gone touchdown. All right. So over the 55. Uh, I'll play three sides of that. Go by the half point, make it plus two, money line, and over 55. I hit two out of the three. That's 66%, like Sunday night when I had uh, Baltimore. Uh, 66% is over 52.5, so I've made money on that game. Uh, and that's the point. Long term. When, when you were just talking about bad tackling, I just had an epiphany. I, I went back to that play with Travis Kelsey on the Ravens, and they nobody – about seven missed tackles. Right. And then I went back and looked at, you know, what we just, you know, the Baltimore-Detroit game. And, uh, Josh, you are on the over in that game. Uh, me and Scott are on the under, and you are on the over. That might be something I might have to go back and reevaluate before <laughs> before Sunday because those Ravens tackling-wise, man, they Horrible. they were they were bad. They were not the Ravens' defense of the past at exactly. all. Exactly. Um, so that would never happened. Ray Lewis days, you know. Just food for thought for people listening, something I'd throw in there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. And um, bad tackling equals over. See, we, we'll give you – he's a football player. We watch football for years. We can give you technical stuff, but it's directly related to something that we've made money on in the past, and we see that pattern on that we can make money on it now. All right? Uh, Seattle, at home, Legion of Doom, right? Is, are they at home? Let me make sure of that. No, they're on the road at Minnesota. Yeah, at Minnesota, yeah. They're at Minnesota. Minnesota. So the home team is Minnesota. Road team is Seattle. And what is the line on that game? I have minus one and a half Seattle. Minus one and a half Seattle. The Vikings are zero and two. And the over under is fifty six. Super high. Yeah, yeah. two defensive guys. Yeah, Zimmer and Carroll, two defensive guys. That's some recency bias going on there. Right. Based on last week, each team scored 30 points, so they figured they're going to do it again. So. Right. Yeah. Which is <clears throat> flawed thinking there. Yep, yep. So, so we're all going under. <laughs> all, all day. day. Yep. All day. We identified the market inefficiency. That um, that might be that under might be one of the best plays that that might be a double unit play for me this week. Right. I might double up on that because I I can't I cannot see that I can't get anywhere close to fifty five. Right. Exactly. All right. And what do you think of the side, Scott? I can't see Minnesota go home with three. Right. And I can't see Seattle go one and two. So it's a hard game to pick. I I, I would put my faith into Russell Wilson in that game. I, I think I think Seattle's gonna win the game, but I think it's gonna be a field goal game. And I think it's gonna be 27-24, something like that. Um I just think if Seattle wants to compete, they can't lose this game in the NFC West. Go to one and two. If the Rams do in fact beat Tampa Bay, that's that's three and zero. So you're already two games out. Oh, two games behind the division. So, right. Um, 
I would take Seattle and I would take Yana, but <clears throat> don't really like it because I don't don't like seeing taking Minnesota is going to be zero and three. But that's the way I lean right now. Yeah, Vikings are missing a lot of guys on defense. And yeah, they come back. They're still hurt. And Seattle, I mean, the Vikings, they missed a field goal they should have had last week. They seem like the team that's going to be close in every game and figure out a way to lose it at the end. Can't, can't finish the game. Can't, can't make a 35-yard field goal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's yeah. still, to this, there's many years, as much money as Kirk Cousins has, he still looks nervous and uncomfortable. So he's always good for one turnover. Crucial turn. You can play the game great the whole way and just give you that one turnover. And that Seattle quarterback knows how to exploit weaknesses. If he finds it, he's going to keep going to add it. So he's been to two Super Bowls and uh, it's odd for him to, he doesn't turn the ball over as much as Kirk Cousins does. Not at all. Right? He's a better athlete, even though I saw Cousins rest a little bit last week. Uh, Russell Wilson's a better athlete than he is. What do you think, Chad? Man, I, like you said, I can't see Minnesota going 0-3. This is their home opener. Right. This is their first home game of the year. I I just – I honestly think I'm not going to play this side. What I'm going to do is I'm going to take my unit on the side and I'm going to double down on the under 55 and a half. Yes. I, I just I, – I hear what you guys are saying about Seattle and I, I agree with everything you're saying. But I just feel like Minnesota 0-2, first home home opener. Getting they, they may get the calls, you know, they're trying to sell well, because it's George Floyd, right? And uh, part of the funness betting is having these crazy conspiracy theories, but you end up making money on them. But the George Floyd situation uh in Minnesota, you know, Colin Kaepernick situation, uh social justice, Sean Johnson's never. John Watson's never going to play another game in the uh, NFL. S- same thing for Trevor Roberts. Trevor Roberts never – when I read it, it kind of shocked me because I was like, well, you know, he gave James Winston a chance, but that was way back when in the day. Uh, times has changed. And you saw all the calls Dallas got last week. They, we predicted they were going to get. And we yeah. monetized it. We didn't just predict it. We monetized it. George Floyd situation in Minnesota, it's going to be subtle the way the refs make the call. Now, Seattle's another rioting place, too, as well. But Minnesota is the home team. And we say, Josh, what are you talking about? I'm like, read the Tim Donahue book, former uh, NBA referee who knows uh, NFL referees. And I got another book you can read. We got it back there. Call Interference. Talks about the same situation. Now, there's a lot of money involved, right? So, just certain things you see, it's fun to speculate about. And that's my speculation on this game. I see it as a George Floyd type of, of game, but I see uh, Minnesota kind of snake, snake bitten. <laughs> Even if they get the calls, there's something weird going to happen at the end. Um, like, remember way back in the day, Brett Favre, where all they had to do, I think, was down or something. Or, yeah, all he had to do was kneel down to set up an easy field goal. And unexpectedly, unexpe- 
explicably, you know, un, unexplainable. He audibles to a pass play. And he's getting sacked. All he has to do is take the sack, still in field goal range. Yep. He throws a desperation pass and gets intercepted. <laughs> Remember that? Yep. Or Minnesota would have been in the Super Bowl. Right. Right? And, of course, in my cynical mind, I take it to Brett Favre living close to Biloxi, Mississippi. We probably had absolutely nothing to do with it. But those are facts, though, right? He did do that, and that is where he lives. <laughs> but, you know, hey, uh, circumstantial evidence, right? Yeah, I would get convicted on but other folks don't. But it's wild. Uh, conspiracy theory probably isn't true. But I think Minnesota get the call, something I'm going to be looking at. So really a toss-up. So I'm going to go kind of the Shadway, take uh, half of the 1,000 and put 1,500 on the under and put uh, 500 bucks on the Seahawks. Because the Seahawks have an African-American quarterback to kind of mitigate that. Mitigate that and get the win 2-1. and one. All right. Okay, uh, second to last game is your Sunday night. We got uh, Aaron Rodgers. Did we do the Dolphins Raiders already? No, we did not. That's the one. Dolphins and Raiders at another $2 billion stadium. And it is uh, Miami. Uh, the line is Vegas minus four over under four. Miami is completely hurt and depleted, getting off, getting blown out. Raiders are set up to make the playoffs, winning that game uh, on the road, minus the four points. I'm going Raiders minus four under the 45. What do you think, Scott? Totally agree. Can't, Can't believe the Raiders will be three and all, but they will be. Right. They have a, a underrated offense. Their defense has played well in spurts. Um, they played really well last week against the Steelers in Pittsburgh. Um, I love Vegas. I think Vegas going three and all. They're gonna be first place in that division. Um, so I would take the Vegas. Uh, Vegas Raiders, and I would take under. I think it's, it's going to be one of those 24-10 games. I don't think Miami's going to score a lot. It's not a backup quarterback. Um, you know, they have no running game. I don't know if Brissett can get the ball downfield for Waddle, you know, right. Gesicki, guys like that. So I think Miami's going to struggle big in this game, going across the country. So I, I like Vegas in this game. Yeah, I, yeah. I agree with you there. I think that's that line is um I think that jump on that Vegas line now minus four because that thing's gonna be a touchdown by kickoff. I don't I don't know how how that's not six or seven. Um right. everything going on in Miami, them coming all the way across country. Um I mean Tua being out. Yeah, I just I uh yeah, I think that's a that's a an efficiency right there on that line. I think you gotta be all over the Raiders at home there. Um and yeah, I like it to go under two. I don't think the Dolphins are going to score much at all. And yeah, 28 10 type of game all day. Yeah, and the Raiders uh, defense, especially defensive lines, playing well. So 
Maybe Miami will score, but not that many points. You know, non-division game on the road. Uh, not many points being scored by Miami. It's a nice setup win to enjoy that. But later in the year, it's going to go the other way. You're going to see Raiders inflated line as they uh, have a good record and keep winning games. All right. Now, Sunday night. So, consensus pick. We're all in agreement. Raiders minus four, uh, under 45. If Miami wasn't so bad, I would get it to the key number, but they're really bad. So I'm going to take the minus four. Uh, you got Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers against Garoppolo, Shanahan, NBC, uh, Sunday night. And I have the over 50, and I do not have the side. It's good. It is San Francisco. San Francisco minus three and a half. What do you think, Scott? So well, Green Bay struggled in going to San Francisco in the recent past. Lost the NFC Championship out there. Got destroyed in the game out there. I think it's different this time. San Francisco's just too banged up right now. Um, you know, they beat Detroit. They beat Philadelphia. Um, I think Green Bay found themselves last week in the game against Detroit. I think they're they're another team that's ready to go on a run like Buffalo. I like Green Bay in this game. I think Green Bay wins, you know, uh, in a little bit of a shootout. 50? Did you say 50? That was just, oh, 50. Yeah. Yep. Too high. Too high. I would say 47, 48 where it's going to land. Um, I think it's a 31-17 game. I think Green Bay wins the game. I think San Francisco's just too banged up right now. Um, and I think they're about to come down to earth a little bit. So Yeah, I agree. I like they, should, they should have lost that game to the Eagles last week, in my opinion. Um, right. Oh, yeah. And I think, that, like you said, Green Bay found themselves last week. I think they're on the up and up. I think the Niners are kind of banged up. And I think it's a total revenge game for the Packers going back in there, losing the NFC championship game there. And they're getting three oh, and yeah. a half and they're getting three and a half points. Um, give me Aaron Rodgers in a revenge game with three and a half points all day uh, under the 50. That's, that's where I'm at. Right. And so return to the main game from the last time they're on the road mm-hmm. against the Saints in Jacksonville. Uh, it's going to be nicer weather <laughs> in San Francisco. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, no. So this is a big game for the Packers. Packers plus four, right? Getting that San Francisco yeah. inflated line, Silicon Valley betting a million dollars a game blindly on the 49ers to get a fat uh, inflated line that we're 80% on last year. And that's why the rule of best that 49er win isn't as impressive as you know that Jalen Hurts went up and down the field got to uh, had like a bad turnover I saw and got two touchdowns called back. Yeah. And that line's inflated because of that as well, because all those Silicon Valley guys, oh, we won our money. We knew it. We're so smart. 49ers, but they got lucky and they haven't done the Hawthorne effective process that. Exactly. Because you got to look at your lucky wins too. You get lucky wins (laughs) where you you completely uh, use faulty logic, but you won. 
All right, Monday night. We've been horrible on Thursday nights, but we've gotten every Sunday night and Monday night right. <laughs> yeah, I think we're zero and four on Thursday night. Hopefully, gotta be. Yeah, I'm one and three. I'm one and three because I didn't trust the Redskins. <laughs> That's right. You got the money line. You snaked yep. us, man. Yep. Long term thinking. Right. That's why. That's why I got the profit. Uh, your Dallas Cowboys coming off a big win against uh, Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, what I see is Dallas is at home. Eagles are coming to Dallas, and Dallas is favored by four points. And the over/under is fifty-two. What do you think, Scott? I like Dallas. I think there's just something about Dallas being in a playoff chase and being a successful team that that has the NFL once uh, you know happened to snap Monday night game. All eyes are on it. Jerry Jones Dome, huge AT&T Stadium. I love Dallas. I think uh, I think they're going to throw the ball a lot. I think they're going to win the game. I think they're going to win it quite handily. Uh, I can see a two-touchdown win very easily. San Francisco beat Philly last week, but Phil, as Chad said, Philly should have uh, should have won that won that game. So I like Dallas this week. Philly's going on the road, prime time game. I don't think Jalen Hurts has played a primetime game yet in his career. Um, I think the Dallas defense is playing a little bit better than people thought they were going to play. So um, I like them in a big offense explosion on a Monday night and to serve notice to the rest of the NFC that we're here and we're going to we're going to be contended with all year long. So I take Dallas. And Dan Quinn, right uh, from the Pete Carroll days, they sit back in that zone, but they're intentionally. Trying to punch the ball out, jump routes, watching film to see a certain formation and kind of uh, cause turnovers. And that's what killed uh, Philadelphia against San Francisco. Uh, they'll do a little bit better, but not enough to cover four points in the way Dallas plays. They got a big offensive line, even though they're hurt. It's just style he believes in, right? Uh, you get old, you return to default, right? So, Jerry Jones was the linebackers coach for Frank Broyles in Arkansas. Uh, Barry Switzer was the defensive back coach. And Jerry uh, Johnson, who he won two Super Bowls with his, you know, his coach, was an offensive lineman on that. And Frank Broyles said that if you play defense in the kicking game, you win 70% of your games. Yeah, don't even half on a big lead. And uh, that's 50 under, yeah. And don't forget, this is a primetime game, and Dak is, is back now. So, what is Dallas going to want to do? Throw the ball around, get get Dak a lot of yards. Uh, you see this over or under? What's, What's over or under? Fifty-two. Under. Yeah. Under. I don't think it's going over. Yeah, all day. I'm in agreement. I think the Cowboys get this thing done. Uh, primetime game, first game. Uh, you know, Jerry's world. Um, and yeah, that number is too high. It's a it's a division game, prime time division game. It's not right. getting to fifty two. There's no way. Right. Even if you look at it as thirty one seventeen, excuse me, still yeah. under fifty two. I, I mean, mean that yeah. that's all where it's gonna land probably. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. And again, going against the trend, all six uh, Thursday night, Sunday night, and Monday night, all of those. Are six and zero to the over, 
So look, so a return to the mean at least two out of the three, which is 66%, way above 52%, monetizing the under on these uh, national night games. Uh, man, I looked, I like this a lot. We did a lot of research. We checked our thinking with a Hawthorne effect. Uh, we use our knowledge, experiential knowledge. And man, I, I really like us getting that percentage high up to the podcast two years at the end of the season, we're at 64, 65%. So I see a high percentage this week. What are your final thoughts, guys? I think, I think this, this is where defenses start to fall, fall back a little bit. Not so, not so much where a lot of these games are over. Right. But I think the offenses are going to slowly start to build and build and build. So I would, I would say this, this between this week and maybe week five, that that's going to be when it starts seeing the overs coming more and more every week, except with a couple of teams. But right. um, I think. I think we could be right in a lot of these games. I, I like the thinking. I like the processes that we've gone through. So I think it could be a good week for us. 100%. What do you think, Chad? Yeah, man, I, I, I think this is this is the best I've felt about any week. Um, even though we've different, you know, we've had opposed our, each other probably more than any other week this week, I think it's going to be the most successful week for all of us. Um, and yeah, what Scott said, I mean, that's pretty typical, you know, of uh, offenses to start a little slower, a uh, lot more timing, you know, on the offensive right. side where defense is more just flying to the ball assignment, you know, do your assignment, fly to the ball. Defenses always are um, ahead uh, of offenses early in the season, kind of in how baseball, how, um, you know, the, the, the pitching is a little right. bit ahead and the hitters catch up throughout the season, kind of that same concept. Right. Um, so yeah, man, I think it's gonna be a good week. I, I got, I, I, you know, I got a lot out of this personally, just in my thinking and how I'm going about this. I mean, I don't think there's any better way for me to go through my picks and make my picks uh, than doing it like this with you guys. It uh, checks my thinking. It uh, you know challenges me to uh, you know my biases and, and and what I'm seeing and my why. You know, the why is the most important. And exactly. hearing your guys' why's and then having my why. You know that that's that's where you get these picks. You know, never bet your fit, never bet your team. Always do your research and always always have a good why. You don't have a good why if someone asks you why you're making this bet, why, and, and you don't have an elaborate answer for them, you probably shouldn't make that bet. So exactly, leave it at that. Exactly, I want to bet uh, plus twenty four USF at BYU, and I know that I should. It's discipline thinking, <laughs> discipline, exactly, you know, investing. And yeah. you don't have to pay Action Sports 300 bucks or pay for picks. Just listen to the podcast. Get on our Twitter feed. Uh, I've learned in life that the more you give business decision, not philanthropy or religion, it's just business. The more you give, the more you get back. And like Winston Churchill said, in World War II, with the freshman matter as well. You make a living, right, from your labor, but you make a life from what you give. Thank you for listening to the ESBC Sports Betting Podcast.